Hello and welcome to the next edition of the Batalba Sports Podcast with myself, Ford Cooksley and uh, Josh Tobin. Josh, how are we? Yeah, good, but same, uh, same conversation again. We'll be up yeah. to walking, walking sat in the house, with mum, all a lot, but yeah. uh, no, bit of, I think there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel now. Vaccination yeah, well, seems to be uh, pumping out of all the centres, doesn't it? So. Yeah, we got another three weeks of this at uh, the uh, minimum. But we knew where uh, that was coming. Um, we've only got two uh, episodes left in this season, but uh, another three weeks of lockdown. Josh, I, before we get on to the guests, I'm going to ask you a would-you-rather question that uh, I was asked today. In uh, um, Would you rather be the best player in the team and lose every week or the worst player in the team that wins every week? Uh, can I get dropped from the the winning side? You can't get dropped, no. So it's uh, I'll go with being the worst player in the winning side. Yeah, yeah. I, I chose that as well because I said when you're in the bar in 20 years' time, no one's going to remember and you can you can have a pint of it. No I, think exactly. I, I think one of our guests is still um, reeling off uh, a, a promotion against Tonna to get all the beer in. Well, WKD's for him, but uh, <laughs> he's uh, he, he loves a WKD. But we'll introduce the guests. Um, the first one is uh, the Stars legend, uh, played in the centre from... A uh, couple of promotions. He's been team manager, been on the committee, been everything really. Um, the only man to buy a WKD is around, um, but he's also he's, I've known him since uh, I was a young kid. So the first one is uh, Mr. Andrarius. How are we, And? Cheers, for thank you. It's a few relegations now as well, mate. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's, uh, a few relegations. A, a man who stayed for the club thick and thin, and we'll talk about your stars career in a uh, yeah, in, cheers, mate. Thing and the next one is he's currently actually upstairs in in the house. So um, the other one also coached the stars, chairman of the stars, chairman of the Quins, played for both clubs, um, coached me since I was a kid, and is like a father figure. So Mr. Terry Cooksley, how are we? I'm fine. Don't forget I was the coach when we got promoted, mate. Oh yeah, and, and that's we will talk about he was coaching and I'm promoted and relegated like Andrew I so yeah. <laughs> uh, relegated um quite unfairly, which we'll cover later. Um it's a pretty good story to tell, so we'll talk about that. But oh, fun. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad Ted's been like a father figure too, but Yeah, yeah, I know. He's yeah. a father, aren't he? I'm yeah. still working out if he's mine. Paddy's made, <laughs> made the claim. <laughs> I think he looks a bit more like Andrew Dacey. <laughs> I, well, after lockdown, I was more often <laughs> Andrew Dacey, my stomach. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, um, me and Andrew spent many, many Saturday nights last season uh, tucking the beer tickets away at Downer Quinns, and we had about 20 each. So I give up, I had five, and Andrew had about 35. So um, they were good days. But um, just to start, uh, Josh, you got a beer of the week, and this is quite a, a, quite a surprise. It's all late into the episodes you've announced this Josh it's a bit of a it's a devil to many of those cricket boys and um, so one or two Lewis Jones especially has been on the end of a, a hammering for Miss Beer it's a bit of a forgotten heavyweight but to be honest mm. I, uh, I was a bit surprised that we haven't done it yet but um, a bit surprised by the old thing to be honest when I've looked into it for so yeah this week's be the week's uh, San Miguel now when anybody mentions San Miguel Ford where are you thinking Spain. Well, San Miguel started off in the Philippines. 
It was under the Spanish charter, so it eventually made its way over to Spain. But it's not actually a Spanish beer. It's, uh, it's from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Who knew? Azar hasn't ever drunk a uh, lager. So we don't know what we're on about. I am drunk immense. I haven't. <laughs> you talked me off it. Fair play, Az. And you look in good shape. I've seen you champagne, I think. It's a it's a heavy hitter, but as we said, it's a sleeping uh, forgotten heavyweight. Five percent the San Miguel. It's a bit so, like a Nottingham Forest, and it? it's like it's it's a sleeping giant. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's been a bit forgotten, though, isn't it? Mm. San Miguel, and also probably the most expensive pint of Talbot in the Bagenbrook. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's why that's why everyone forgets about it because it's expensive. It exactly. Apparently, best served chill between six and eight degrees. Um, and best from a bottle or poured into a San Miguel chalice, they've called it. So they've got a bit up market from a glass, but uh, yeah, five percent forgotten heavyweight. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Josh, you drinking on your Enjoy. own? Yeah, I'm on the Fanta tonight. So uh... sad to see food. Sad yeah, to see. I know. But um... it's enough ice to make food, isn't it? Oh, I, swear, I do like a sweet <laughs> off ice. Has to be fair, I am a fan of a sweet off ice. Uh, so anyway, we start, we start. So the both of you were um, obviously um, grew up in Batal, but grew up in, among sport. Um, what what did sport have? What impact did sport have on your your well childhood and, and growing up? Really, what what did sport do for your like social social side, your your playing side, your intelligence? What did it do for you growing up? Well, for me, when I was younger. Long before you boys, we didn't have nothing else. There was no computers. There was no nothing. So all we had was what we could play with out in the street. It was a ball, um, and it was any sport. It, it, sport come with the seasons. If it was summer, it, when Wimbledon was on, we go and play tennis. If we had a racket, if it was, uh, or then we go and play cricket. And in the in the winter, we play football or rugby, um, or we go running. But if it wasn't for sport at my age, um, I think I would have ended up going down the wrong road if I didn't pick up playing rugby uh, and cricket. And, and I played a little bit of football, not a lot. I did do a lot of running and run for West Glamorgan and all that, and all that business. But if it wasn't for sport, it would have been, uh, I would have gone down a different route probably. But as for the social side of it, it's the best thing anybody could do. It's, you meet so many people in all different walks of life. And it's all based around fun. And that's what sport should be. At our level, at the, in the beginning, it should be all based around fun. And then if we make it through the ranks, well, it's totally different then. And as through sport, I met Mr. Harris. Indeed, yeah, we did, yeah. We did, yeah. And uh, go on, and you speak about the influences. Yeah, same as Terry, sport's been my life, really. Um, when I kind, of, I kind of grew up, um, but near Blindra, but there, but not my childhood there. Um, to Drowhill, used to play football, rugby, cricket, um, like a 45 degree angle. But we used to play every sport on the hill. It was a motorway, uh, we used to play cricket, football, rugby. Um, it's been, it's been a life, really. It's been a great way of making friends, um. And also, when I was younger, I played for training as well under 10s. And um, 
it was a great opportunity, like of Steve Green, Roger, Michael. You know, they take us out to Patalbert into different areas of the community without these kind of people. You know, we'd be stuck in the same street and stuck in the house. So it's it's just, it's just been fantastic, really. Um, and it's great to see like such a very number one success. You know, then this, for example, was talking about thirty years ago, um, and I was kind of grown and shaped and was doing for children and young people in the community. You know, it was a testament to the people as well. You know, and from there, kind of Patrick from Talbot, um, you know, prevent me for the school and for the stars. But yeah, sport is it's, just, it's a great outlet for people to make friends, um, have some fun, like Terry said. Um, and this helps you with your everyday life as well. It helps in your work life and in your personal life. I actually had my first cap um, playing for Wales. I was only about eight or nine and I was playing in the middle of the street because that's all I used to think about. <laughs> I used to have an international on and didn't have, not everybody had a TV when I was younger. So you used to have to go to somebody's house to watch a TV and watch Wales playing wherever they were playing. And then you go out in the street and you try to emulate what you are. And I used to play, when I used to live in Border Road down in the Sandfields for the first start, that's when up until I was eleven. I mean, next door neighbour was a boy called Nigel Target, who was a year older than me, and God bless him, he died just before Christmas. And we would never lose. There used to be two of us, and we didn't play against anybody. We just played for Wales, so we would never lose. And I remember him wanting to be Graham Price, and he was skinny, really, really skinny. And I wanted to be JJ Williams on the wing because I was skinny as well. So he used to stand there and I used to call him Fat Graham. And he used to stand there and I go, Fat Graham, let me run round him. And every time he ran round him, he would try and tackle me. And I said, Hold on, no, Fat Graham, you've got to let me go past him, JJ Williams. It's the only time in Welsh history a prop scored more tries than a winger over 11 years because he just, he just blew me out every time. <laughs> Stuff like that, and it's um, I, and then when in the summer, I would be Jimmy Connors, and he would be whoever John McEnroe, and he beat me at everything. But the sad side about him, when he got to twelve or thirteen, he never played any sport. He just went a different way. Although he did make something tidy out of his life, he didn't go down the wrong route. But his social life, when he when he passed away. Um, unfortunately, I can go to the funeral because of whatever. Um, and he didn't have, you know, a massive circle of friends like we have got. And that, that's the downside of not going to sport. Not everybody's like it, but most people are. If you look at the circle of friends we all got there, that's four. I bet it's massive. And I mean, from all different walks, even if it's a chairman in a club or if it's a player of a club, you'll know somebody from every club in town or every club in located areas like Swansea Valley or whatever, you walk through walk through t- Swansea shopping and somebody tap on the shoulder and we'll go in. And that's what sport is. But it, it throws up some loads of stories as well, which I'm sure we'll go on to a little bit later on. I see. It's, it's definitely something we've talked about on, on previous pods, Ford, and especially Terry talked about like when you were growing up. Ford, like we were saying before, we were probably... Like around our age, we were probably the last of the sort of kids to grow up without PlayStations and Facebook being sort of the main thing. Like it, they started to come in when we were younger, but you know, I remember if you know if you were sat in the house on a PlayStation, the sun was out. My old man or mother would be straight in, 
what the hell are you doing on that thing? Get outside, enjoy the weather, go play football, rugby, and, and stuff like that. I think it's, it's a bit sad now that when you drive past like Vivian Park in the summer or or down Western Avenue, you don't see that many kids out kicking the ball around because they're all sat in the house, you know, playing their games, consoles, or on their iPads and things like that. And uh, it, you know, you saying you you know you um, you try to be JJ Williams in the in, in the street and stuff. You know, I remember being in the garden with my brother when he was little playing. FA Cup finals in the garden, you know, test matches of Lords. I think my parents' garden's been Millennium Stadium, Wembley, uh, Lords, the Oval, you know, like you name it, we're out there. But, you know, probably a question is, do you think, uh, you know, do you think the kids now, do you think they embrace playing sport as much as we did growing up? Do you want to answer that one? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Um, like we said earlier, there's a lot more kind of, um, other activities and hobbies perhaps you can do it, you know, like a computer, playing Fortnite, you know, Playstations. Um, I think for some of people and parents are kind of possibly a bit more wary as well of playing contact sports. You know, there's a lot to be on the, in the media perhaps recently about head injuries, um, you know, dementia as well, football, you know, footballers and rugby perhaps in later life or the middle age even. Um, so I think a lot more parents are perhaps more risk averse, you know, and a bit more concerned about perhaps their kids playing contact sports, which, you know, totally understand. Uh, but it's about trying to make it as safe as possible and make it as fun as possible as well. Um, you know, it's just not an easy balance, you know. You want children to grow and develop um, and take risks as well as well part of growing up. It's trying to make it as kind of safe as, you know, as possible as well. So, it's just a difficult kind of balance, I suppose. Uh, but I suppose yeah, a lot, there are a lot more children now, people now not perhaps not playing sport um, and doing other things around that. So, which is which is a bit of a shame, really. I think um, it's sort of on that side, you know, obviously like games consoles and stuff like that has taken over a bit, isn't it? And I suppose you kids now probably still get the enjoyment from that side of it. But I think without going outside and mixing with kids or playing all the sports all the time. I think you lose that social part of it. You know, like uh, Terry was saying earlier, the group of friends, all three of us could probably reel off from from playing junior football, rugby, senior football, rugby, cricket, whatever. I think you lose them life skills then going into um, like employment after school or after university, whatever. And I think probably over the last couple of years, like especially in work, when we've had someone either fresh out of school doing some work or fresh out of uni doing some work, you can see straight away the social skills they're just not there sort of thing in terms of holding a conversation or or just being able to look someone in the eye sometimes. That's just not there because I think a lot of their growing up now is behind a computer screen. There isn't anyone to sort of look at or talk to. Um, I'm interested to hear what you think for, obviously working in, in, in up in Millfield School now. Like, do you see a lot of that? Um, it's a little bit different in, in Millfield because of, I think the they pretty much encourage not to be on the gaming, especially um, there's a lot of elite athletes who are striving and they don't really get the, um, the allowance to go on the gaming, to be honest. They, their life is pretty structured. So you live in pretty much a bubble up there because you've got kids who want to play sports all the time. You see kids out all the time with a ball or something, any any little time. Like um, if we were in normal times now, I'd be on duty, boarding duty in my boarding house tonight. Then when they have a break at eight o'clock, the first thing they want to do is get out on the Astro and play football. So you get that. And I, and I play obviously in a ref. So, so my team always wins again. Um, but we, we get 
I think we're in a bubble a little bit, but then you come back, so it's the experience of coming back. And I think lockdown probably hasn't affected a lot of kids because of the they don't go out and their social skills are pretty pretty poor. And, and Andrew will notice because of all his work he does with the youth, the youth of um, of the country. And and it's it's a massive shift, and it's pretty tough. Um, it was pretty tough back here trying to get people engaged and, and up in Millfield it's, it's a lot different it's, sometimes you've got to try and tell them to rest and that's, and that's what I think we're missing especially now I, I, I see kids now and you see it down the club with us Josh we used to play test match cricket on a Saturday night until God knows when you don't really see her these days and yeah as I was playing uh, and, and as, as I was um, I was playing you were telling me yesterday, Josh, as I was the one who uh, turned up the spin, wasn't he? He was, but I remember having I remember it well. I remember it well. I remember coaching and um, Josh is probably going to left arm seam. And he said, like a natural kind of spin is action. I said, Josh, try, try a bit of spin. The left arm spin and um, never look back in fairness. No, I think I, I remember it was in the old nets, wasn't it, when they were down, yes, by, the, remember, uh, yeah. down by the, uh, the, the pavilion. And yeah, I remember bowling. I think I, I, think I remember doing that, but kept my... See, Max, I think I asked you, I think, oh, can you bowl fast spin? I think I said, you know, I think I can't remember how old it was, about 10 yeah. maybe. And you said, no, no, slow it down, but same action. And then, and then from then, yeah, I haven't looked back since. Uh, since yeah, slow it down, same action, and chucking that faster ball now and again. Well, that's what, that's what we do for years now, as. Just <laughs> one in, or, or say the doesn't turn, is just the one that slides on, but. Uh, <laughs> No, exactly. Next life and slow it down and check fast running later. <laughs> exactly what it's all about. Did know. Yeah. <laughs> as as we move on, now, we'll we'll move on to um onto your, your careers in rugby. Obviously, um, Terry, you started early. It's a bit strange calling him Terry. Terry, you started um at our lady Margam Catholic School rugby team. I certainly um, did. So, so who, any uh, names in Batal but the start who played with you? Oh, right. Well, I ran you through it. Not it's not very, uh, not very bright. Um, we started in Old Lady Margam because there was no other, uh, the only other uh, sort of mini or junior side around at the time of Camarvin. And we were asked to go up because they had a connection with St. Joseph's. And a few of us went up to play, and actually, our first game was against Camarvin, but we were based in the church hall, which was um, behind the Lady of Margam Church. And we went up there, me, uh, me, Paddy, Andrew Dacey, and we had to walk up there, there was no lifts up there then, we walked from bottom of Beach Hill up to Margam, and it was an apple tree by the side of the church hall. Always said, now Brian Denevan, who started it all up, was responsible for a load of good rugby things, warned us, you leave the apples alone when they come out. So we goes training, goes up there, which we had to walk around, had to play in a field which is called a conch. You probably wouldn't even know where that is. It's up the back, of, up the back, behind the church, and just underneath the motorway. They, uh, we're running around there. Next, you know, someone disappears. We start off with about 14 or 15 of us. Goes out, somebody missing. We run as the middle of summer. We run back. Could you hear, oh, oh. So, you're kids. He fell out of the tree. He only <laughs> fell about four or five foot. And as he fell, he swore. He said, fucking apples, he said. And the priest said, 
Pardon me, Miss O'Callaghan. Sorry, father, he said, sorry, father. <laughs> and I stuck with him for the rest of his life when you see him, ask him about it. Uh, we, we started up there and great things, but we went there, it wasn't many teams we could play around here, so we had to go into the Swansea and District League. But to do that, we were offered to go down the stars, which was always going to happen because of the, at the time it was uh, a Catholic sort of area. We went down there and we, Brian started the teams down there and he was the first one, I believe, to start him in the junior side down there. And look at it now, it's been going for 42 or 43 years, I believe. Um, we all kicked off from there and we had some, um, played with a lot of good players. Uh, Will Lane, you know, Will Lane, he, same age as Robert Jones. He was better than Robert Jones when he was a scrum half. But Will didn't want to didn't want to take it any further. Just was happy and was when I that. Yeah, his, his boy plays for the for the Blues. Yeah, Owen Lane, the winger. He's pretty yeah. decent. He's a Patalba yeah. boy. We'll, we'll say he's a Patalba boy because of all this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, Will's father was the headmaster, wasn't he? In um, Clarendon, no, not Clarendon, in one of the junior schools. So I don't know which one it was. Um, and then they progressed in the captain of the youth. I'll tell you a story about the youth. It was Jonathan Mills was captain the first year. I was captain the second year. And we were playing a team from Cairo Ely. And they were, they were rough. Not Cairo Ely, Bill Arias. They were rough. I mean it. We played them on St. Joseph's Cup evening in the cup. And we were scrapping for the first, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Referee called me an air captain. An air captain was a big, huge... He was just huge. And he looking at me, the referee was giving us a telling off and he was nodding to me. I thought, oh, fuck this. So I just flung my head into him and it was murderous. He just kicked off, right? I thought, oh, I'm bollocks. And we, and we had a cup final coming up a couple of weeks after. I thought I'm going to miss that. Referee called us in and he said, now listen, you two, any more of it, he said, and I'd call a priest. He said, I'll call a priest over here and he'll tell you off. And I said, we like, look in. This fella didn't do nothing. And during the game, I saw I done was battered him. And he didn't flinch. I went off, covered in punches and kicks, which he hadn't done to me. Nobody, I didn't know who done them to me. And I saw he come off with a couple of little marks on, on, his, on the bottom of his jaw. And we went into the, we went back to the club and he came down to the club. And he came over to me. And he just some dragged me up and I had just jumped my head into him for no reason, just for frustration, shook my hand and we beat them. And he said, well played, but good luck in the next round. And that was the end of it. I just couldn't, I couldn't answer that. And that's what really, some things like that really made me fall really in love with rugby. I went from youth, I played for the seniors when I was 15, first game up in Taibach. Um, and we were in a great side, the seniors. And then... At 23, coming up to my 24th birthday, a lot of my mates had already gone up to the Quins. I wasn't living far from the Quins. So I went to the Quins and uh, I had a great time up there. And I will we'll never slag them off. I had a great time up there and um, I ended up being captain of the seconds for uh, quite a few years. I did play a lot again for the first as well, but I was never really first choice. And I went on to the committee. I was chairman and I was 38. Quinns didn't have a second. I, I wanted to play rugby and I always promised the stars. I always promised Pat O'Brien, God bless him. Um, 
that I would go back and play for the Stars before I finished. But I was chairman of the Quins and he had a call. When when the the revolution happened, they call it, I had a call to go down, would I go down and play? I said, I'm oh, chairman of the Quins. I'll come down to a couple of training sessions. First league game, after they had, had been having idins for the last couple of years, played Ferndale away. We uh, number eight. Yeah. You remember that when we had all our new yeah. jerseys on? Yeah. Number eight. And I scored a couple of tries. That wasn't the thing. We, we, we beat them quite easily. I come back home to Batalba, there's a few pints. Thursday, the Guardian comes out. On the back of the Guardian, Quinn's chairman scores two tries for the Stars. <laughs> oh, I had to go to the meeting on the following Tuesday. <laughs> but they were good as gold. When I told them what I was going for to play with me, they were absolutely good as gold. And they always have been. And they always give me a great welcome when I go back up to Quinn's. But I went to the Stars then. Um, uh, my brother was coaching. Um, took, went in, played, played a few games. And then they jacked it in the coaches, not for any reason just because they went to do some other stuff within the club. I went play a coach, and then all hell broke loose. Uh, you, we'll talk about the socialising after. Uh, we, but, um, just you know, obviously, uh, talk, uh, talk with the Quins, and we, we dedicate the one last to a good friend of yours, um, sadly <laughs> passed away last week, uh, Johnny. Um, uh, any any stories or memories you could say on the pod that uh, that would be eligible to go oh. I we I, I got loads of stories, but I, I got one special story which I can't say on yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the Ford probably knows about the coffee table. But the well, I will tell yeah, you. Yeah, I know, I know about coffee. Table. It was a Saturday night. Um, me and Alison have been out walking home. Next, you know, we see these two figures. We used to live in Gwendolyn Street. There, we see these two figures walking under the flyover. Lo and behold, Paddy and Johnny, two of my best mates. I said, what do two go in? Oh, they'd argue. Johnny had argued with his wife, and Paddy has argued with Dennis, which were with the two of them. It was a regular thing on a Saturday. They had nowhere to stay. So he said, come on, down the street to Terrace Houses. We're far away. Took him in for the night. They slept downstairs. Me and Alison goes to bed. Gets up in the morning. I'll take it now. We got a cocker spaniel, which is, which is very very small. He was small at the time. It comes down in the morning, bit of over. We had a glass coffee table, around one of the old ones, and somebody had crapped on top of the top coffee table. So, so I said, "Well, right, which one was it?" Paddy said, "Wasn't me." Johnny said, "It wasn't me," and they both said, "It must have been the dog." The coffee table was twice the size of the dog. The dog couldn't get on there. So, Alison uh, didn't have murders, but obviously she went happy. But she made them a cook breakfast and they just went away. And to this day, up until um, Johnny passed away last week, I never knew done it. So I text Paddy, you can tell me now, crap, done it. Because Johnny always said it was Paddy, and Paddy always said it was Johnny. He said, you can tell me now who crapped on the coffee table. Well, you know now who it is. It was definitely Johnny, he said. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell the stories about Johnny. He was organising Rock of the Quins. Now, me, him, Gus, 
few of us organised it, but Johnny, Johnny was the one who was contacting all the bands. So we had to go now to meet this band up in the top end of Hillwine. I had a blue Orion. Johnny lost his licence, couldn't drive, so I had to drive. We drove all the way up to this pub called Taffy's Tash. Walked in, it was all candles. No electric, all candles. So just sitting there, sat with his bloke, and he said, what's the matter with the um, electric? Oh, we haven't paid the bill, he said. So we have a drink. I said, no, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Johnny had a can because he couldn't pull pints because he never electric. No, this band walked in. Oh, my God, alive. I never seen nothing like it in my life. But for what I could see, because it was pitch black, it was blokes now with rings through their nose, with it through which nothing wrong with that in this day and age, but then a bit different. And I can't even remember what they called. And they were all sort of tattooed, huge, didn't give them monkeys with at the back of beyond. And I'm like, yes, shaking. And they said, right, when can we come down? And Johnny turned around and he said, you can fuck right off. If you fuck him up, if you play that to Quinn's, I was out of the door before he finished the second. <laughs> he kept running out. I started the car. He kept running out. Quick, quick, quick. And they, they chased us down the other day, 482, is it? Is that what it is? Oh, my God, did they give up? <laughs> oh, I shite myself. I got back. I said, what did you win? What did you win? Well, that's normal, he said. They were cheap. <laughs> I, I could tell you loads of stories, and I don't want to take all the time to tell his story, but uh, maybe I'll come on and do a podcast about Johnny with me, Paddy. will come on and do, do a podcast, especially about Johnny, because yeah. one, one of the most kindest people you will ever meet in your life. Even when he robbed, I can tell a story about thieving, but I won't. Even when he robbed clothes, right? He would rob them in the correct sizes for. Ford and Nadia, from Nadia Mori, because he would drop him and he'd, uh, he, he wouldn't leave him out. Because, and that's the type of bloke he was, and it wasn't just for me, it was for everybody. And uh, poor Talbot, poor Talbot is going to miss him. Uh, he hasn't been well for the last few years, which is a, a tragedy. Um, but, you know, you're he, he, going to miss him. And I think, George, we should have a, have a, a toast to Johnny because he is one of poor Talbot's best ever characters. He was a bastard in his day, but we all are, I suppose. So, as to Johnny. Yeah, to Johnny. So, we talked about, um, talk about Terry's career. Asa, you, do, do you go straight to the stars, or was you somewhere else before? No, I kind of played a lot of rugby when I was younger. The school centre, school, Glenavon, wasn't particularly good. I was like kind of one of those smaller kids kind of growing up, and everybody was massive. Um, they were playing against like, like Lee Davis, you know, played centre for Wales, you know, yeah. comprehensive the school. He was like a man, huge, uh, just about going to play for Cardiff and like Leith and everything else. Um, and I was still like, you know, 10 stone soaking wet, you know, so just, but I was kind of younger, probably football's my kind of game and cricket with some rugby thrown in. Um, every Saturday would be like play uh, football for training and then go to Abraham. And that was a massive part of my life. Uh, my grandfather took me every kind of Saturday afternoon. Uh, like, just to watch the legends like Ray Giles, Mike Lewis, Richard Diplock, Tim Favell, um, and watch Alan Martin play. Um, yes, yeah, some great memories there. Remember Wayne Shelford playing um, for Northampton, coming to Abraham and playing against them. Um, 
watching our round beat West and Samoa, jumping off, dunking off school, jumping over the wall. Um, so yeah, got me kind of memories were kind of Abraham based. And then from there, um, the past 16, 17 years of age, I was playing uh, football for Talbot Youth um, on a Sunday. And I started playing rugby then for the Stars Youth on a Saturday. Uh, Saturday. So I mean, I was walking down to the Stars with my mate, Mark. Um, I didn't have the floodlights in, so it's small and floodlights coming one side of the 22. Um, and just kind of went from there then. We didn't win a great deal games when we were playing, first of all. Um, Throwing into the seniors into the deep end. Obviously, the likes of you know, Pat O'Brien, you know, Peter Smith, you know, the legends of the club. And obviously, you know, Darla Williams then, you know, God rest his soul, um, legend yeah. of the club, kind of took you under your wing. Um, I looked after you, kind of brought you through. So it can be kind of a natural choice then between football and rugby. Um, and I chose chose rugby, you know, largely due to the social side and the friendships which you kind of make. You know, both all great sports, but rugby is kind of my feel. And obviously, you have your tours to Benidorm and your weekends away. Um, I really enjoyed it. And as I got older, I mature and fill out a bit more. Um, and really just really enjoyed it. Look forward to you know to Saturday and, and training. Um, yeah, I got some, some brilliant memories. You know, I played in that first game, they added the new floodlights, um, installing in Sabaravan. Remember the likes of um, Steve Sutton coming down as a player coach, you know, the former Wales second row. Um, when we played Tata, got pretty steel back then and we beat them. Um, when Peter Carrigan was playing for us, Dennis from Brothers. That kind of stands out as a standard memory as well. Darlan is favourite, kind of famous kind of brave act speech. Um, you know, we had a few years then, we weren't so great. Uh, but we always stuck together, you know, great, you know, great camaraderie, great memories. I remember that then we had a, the revolution as Henry said, there was some great years there. Two ups and downs, we had a nice little trot era. Um, again, two ups and downs along the way there. Um but I'm probably in a much better place now. You know, more kind of solidity. Um, there's a great behind the scenes, great youth junior setup, and the seniors seem to be thriving and going from strength to strength as well. Yeah, you you mentioned we've already mentioned obviously Johnny with the Queens. We mentioned two legends there again, um, Pat. Um, God bless him with an absolute driver of the club, and we'll we'll mention the legend that is Darren Williams probably in our, in our memories later. Um, because we got a couple of stories to to ask you about, but um, for the both you now, we 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 talk about we've had the question off Ross Doig, who was a part a good mate of you both and a good mate of mine. He, he asked us what was the um, ask the boys what was the plan before the Tonga game, the game uh, you won to be promoted. So what was the plan before? Uh, I can tell you. I think everybody knows what the plan was. Tony, what a good side, and I paint the picture for people who don't know. It was between. It was the last game, or not well, last game for Tonga, but we wouldn't have got promoted if we hadn't beat them. So as for Tonga, whoever won was getting promoted. Start of the day, they turned up and they had three busfuls. Credit to them, they were three full buses in the stars. Me and Paddy were coaching. We Paddy hadn't played for a few weeks. Sat down. The game plan. For the first five, five or ten minutes, was aggression, aggression, aggression. Basically, from a kickoff, we was going to blow it up. 
the actual warm-up, once we decided this is a warm-up, the backs and forwards would split. Um, who was taking the backs at the time, Ant? Tony was there. Tony was taking the backs, that's right. Yeah. Paddy was playing. So, so I was, and we used to do the scrimmaging section at the back of the changing rooms. And then once we finished the scrimmaging section, we would normally walk straight into the changing rooms. But this day, they were all there, all a ton of people. There was about 150 of them. But they were all there in full voice, drinking, screaming, shouting. So I said, oh, fuck this. We ain't walking through that. Down the back. We walking through the middle of them lot. So the backs had already got in. So I said, come on. So we walked straight through the middle of them. And they had to open up for us to get through. And that's all we had was a boost and a boost as we were going through. But what I'd done, that just sparked everybody up. Kicked off. The... We kicked off, I kick, they just piled it on. There was a 30-man brawl, or maybe not, and I don't know how many of the packs running, in, but there was... I was hanging up there, was a 29-man tear. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of the biggest, and I've seen some fights in rugby, it was one of the biggest fights I'd seen in rugby. And in fairness to the referee, once it all calmed down, nobody got sent off, nobody had, had a card or anything. Called the two teams in and said, right, I knew this was coming. He said, he said, if you think I don't know nothing about you both teams, I knew this was coming. Any more, he said, and one of them will go or two of them. And from that moment on, he had total control of the game. There were things going on which he didn't see from both sides. But there was a crowd down there. Andrew was playing. I'll leave him carry on the rest. And what happened after that? Yeah, it was... It seems like yesterday was just an amazing day, the build-up, the whole season. And when we are kind of uh, turning over the start of Revolution, as Terry said, probably the best kind of rugby memories um, on, you know, on and off the field. Um, just, just so enjoyable, you know, tough rugby and um, you know, just a great social life and, and fun as well. That game, I remember the game was kind of a foggy kind of day. Um, as Terry said, it was, 30 man ball. I always remember um, Twiggy was in the wing that day. Uh, Rhys Williams, who basically from Tolbert. And um, I think he played for the youth, I think, the night before. Um, I think Snodge would have pulled out injured, so he ended up playing. Um, bit of a kind of rut between the, the four to be a fight, and Twiggy came running off from nowhere like 30 yards just to throw a punch in. <laughs> uh, but luckily, he just didn't get sent off. He didn't run, you know, typical Twiggy. Um, that's kind of stands out. Um, and again, it was just an um, amazing occasion. I think Gamal Griffiths, I think, was, was watching yeah. as well. Yeah, one of my regrets that game was filmed and I gave it to Mike Dyer a couple of years ago to mind. And um, I think he's lost it. Though. He's, he's, he's something's out. We can't find the tape. So I was hoping to try and find that uh, yeah. to watch it again. But it was an amazing day. Remember afterwards, you know, just in the club, they got all of us going to the bank, you know, with the shirts and tie on and having to just have a whale of a time, you know. I think we had like um, a champagne day the next day or a week yeah. after. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was just yeah. celebrating, you know, just, um, you know, yeah, those kind of men, we live long, you know, when you've had a lot of kind of disappointment um, and heartache, you know, you, you kind of remember those memories a lot more. Um, and and it's, it's, and the 60, 70 points to win, sometimes you have. You don't really remember them so much, but the hammerings you have, 
when you're playing with your mates and you're playing away from home, you remember them forever. You know, you're really in the trenches. Um, so, yeah, so that day and those kind of two years were the best times I had. And I was, I was playing the year for those years. So, for me, myself, I was playing my best best rugby. I was 27. I was a good age. Um, and after that, we kind of eat 30, and the other side of 30, probably not, not so good, you know. But those memories and those times, um, I wish I could turn the clock back a really good. Yeah, I remember that Twiggy actually scored a winning try. Yeah, I did, yeah. photo that was taken of him, which has uh, been framed and what have you. Yeah. And I remember going into... And there was nothing after the game. Tony were fine. They, you know, they, they, they accepted it. And actually, in a twist of fate, they actually, because there was uh, some sort of rejigging going on with the WIU, they ended up getting promoted with us. But in the club after... Um, it was such such a good feeling from going from being where we were and to get in there, getting promoted. I think it was the first time for many, many years the stars had been promoted. It was absolutely brilliant and um, we had so much fun. It wasn't just about the rugby, it was about off the field stuff. We started Stars in Your Eyes, March of 1st. And we'll speak about Darren because he was one of the characters in, in the Stars in Your Eyes. The Stars in Your Eyes, we would go out and film scenes uh, taken from Twin Towns. It was all based on Twin Towns, the first one. And one of the scenes was when they were on doing the roof, on uh, Cartwright's roofing, and it was Odd Job and Darren, was they were inseparable and too. So what we had, they both had their... Um, a belt down with all the tools. We had a ladder going up up to the roof of the club. And we had the two of them on the club. And then we had uh, Mr. Cartwright shouting, up, but who told you? The old Shamonkey and blah, 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 and all that. And then we cut the film a little bit. As we talk into somebody, you could hear the ladder falling, somebody screaming when we go out. And Richard Barry from Talbot Block, he was, he was Mr. Cartwright. I see him looking over Darren and going, you fucking twat. And I saw it because he was Darren's face. He was acting as if he was hurt, I guess, pulling stupid face. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so many memories of that time. It was, uh, Trillia uh, Cork is my town, eh? You are? I tripped a cork. Oh, cork. Oh, cork. It was, it was uh, 60, that's a record number. Yeah, it was a 72. And we chartered two Air Wales planes. That's why, that's why we were. The club was making money. The, you know, we had abundance of players. And 72 people went, but it was a load of people from who were just associated with us. Not not you know, not just all players. It was loads and loads of people went. And we chartered two players. I'll talk about now. One of the boys who plays for the Panther now is, is Lee Rigby or Lee Cardi. And we used to call him a beast. And he, we looked after Lee down the club for many, many years. And he'd never been away. So, And in fairness to Dennis, John O'Callaghan, he, he looked after him as if he was his own son. So we had to work a plan now about Lee's money. So Lee's mother would give money to Dennis. Dennis would save it anyway for however long. Not that he needed money, because he raised so much money that year that he didn't have to pay for anything. So I said to Lee, because I know Lee before he went down the stars, I said, right, 
where's all who spend their money? And he had so much. I said, uh, he said, I, I, what about the, I said, you wouldn't need money on the airplanes. I said, the boys look after you because I was going on the second flight because me and Alison were running the club while Alison was running the club. I, still, I was working in Tata. They, um, I said, no, I'll catch the second flight. So I give him 20 euros. I said, right, if you need anything, just go home. So they fly over. We fly over in the second flight, which is four or five hours later. They all said they meet us in the hotel room. So it goes to the hotel room. It goes to the um, reception. I said, Mr. Cooksley, one of the organisers, blah, 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 blah. They give me my room. I said, oh, by the way, I said, well, which room is Mr. Card here? They told me the room. He was sharing with a guy who had already been there a couple of days. And we told him. So this guy now had washed him, dressed him, covered him in... in after shave, so he knocks the door and the guy answers. He said, Mark, Mark, where is he? Where's the beast? And you can imagine we'd had a few pints at this point. Where's the beast? And he's like, this. He's in bed. I said, What do you mean he's in bed? He's in bed, he said. This was something like half past eight, nine o'clock. I thought, Oh, you've had his skin full. They? they filled him up all day. So he goes to him and he's laying in bed with a blanket over his head. So he shakes him. I said, Beast. Beast, what are you doing in bed? And he was going, oh, oh, oh. I said, Beast, Beast, what are you doing in bed? Jet lag, he said. We don't want a fucking call. So we kicked him out of bed, got him dressed, and took him downstairs. But, and I said, don't move from me. Said, don't, you don't move from me at all this weekend. If I went to the toilet, he was waiting outside the toilet door for me. He didn't move from me at all. But that's the type of thing, and there's loads of stories that, that we could say about Cork. But I, I go back to the rugby and the promotion, as you said, alluded to earlier, uh, relegation, sorry. We, to stay up, we had to beat Healer Kiwaway, who was third. Oh, man, Kenny Swain. Kenny Swain. Kenny Swain. Who were third, I believe, and Glynneath were top, I believe. But we went away to play, play Glynneath. And Ken, Ken Evans is running the line. And we give him a good game. But we, the side we were on where Ken was, was right under the stands. Richard Lamb, who could fly, caught the ball and actually ran round Ken. <laughs> and didn't put his flag up and Richard Lamb scored in the corner. And I'm like this, holding my head, thinking... Oh my God, he got to put his flag up. No matter what promotion or relegation, we're going, oh God. And they tortured him. They tortured him. And he didn't flip. So anyway, we beat them. And then we, we went back and we actually beat uh, Helico. So we thought we'd stay up. And the WIU again reshuffled and we ended up being relegated. So oh, I went going into another division. Two but great they, games, they were. They were two great games. Remember them well, both. I think Helico were kind of tough. I think they, had, they lost one game, maybe that year's last game of the season. Again, they both really good teams. And if Paddy came back to coach, he's going to ask a couple of games. Yeah. And there's, you know, it was a great escape. You know, we're a decent yeah. team, but underachieved all year. Um, and the, the bar again, it was, it was massive. But as I said, the you kind of uh, moved the goalposts and we ended up going down in the end. But if that again, it was, it was a great time on the back of that kind of promotion to stay up, you know, after that year as well. So, yeah, good times. Yeah, good times. And the Stars uh, have been through some turbulent times and hopefully now we sort of settle down. Um, 
because after those good times, some stuff happened again and we went into the doldrums. And then they come back in the Nigel Trot era with some great players playing out of there, Gareth Morris, Steve Tuetti. Um, they got a couple of promotions and then uh, that happened and that takes me to another game which made me really proud of this guy who's with us today. We went up to Estela Vera. Um, there was money involved which we were, we, we, when we took over, we said we ain't paying anybody. Um, so we were left with the boys who just wanted to play for the stars. I'm not saying the others didn't, but when they were playing, they were getting some sort of reward for it. And we ended up going up to Estela Vera, which isn't a nice place to go at any time, with a bare 15. And Andrew's captain going up there. And that was the biggest turning point for me in my sort of stars history. We went up there and we were losing 100 nil at I don't know how long ago, and the referee told called Andrew over and he said um, under three it was Andrew it I think we kicked the ball yeah you were three that was well uh, yeah <laughs> called Andrew yes. over and said do you uh, want me to knock it on the head and Andrew said no we have for 80 minutes we played for 80 minutes and we actually lost I think it was under 13-3 was it Andrew oh no we scored under 13-10 under 14-8 yeah MC scored soon after yeah uh... Um, but after that, there was a couple of boys who were watching, old boys, who said to me at the side of the line, uh, I wasn't chairman or anything at this point, said to me, that will never happen again. Um, and then we just built from there without without uh, a lot of the youth boys at the time and without the likes of Andrew, the stars would have been under. There's no doubt about that. The stars would have failed and gone under. The club was struggling as far as financially. But collective um, effort from everybody who's in there. You know I was chairman, I'm not, I'm not taking the credit for it because it was a lot of hard work went in from a lot of people which has put us where we are. We lost, we lost the, not lost the, they lost the club before, um, no, just after the Estela Vera game, I think it was, or, just, or maybe a little bit after that. Um, and Tony, uh, Tommy came in the administrators were going to sell the club. We put offer out for anybody to give us money. Nobody gave us money. No, I'll say yes now. In the meeting, where Tommy asked me to sit on the stage with him, I wasn't, I think, it was just coach, a coach of the minis or juniors. And, and Tommy asked for anybody to, um, anybody had to give, a, give us some money. There was a couple, but one of the main characters who put a hand up and said, I'll give him money was Darren Williams. Um, and it wasn't men who did put his hand up. Darren put his hand up and said, I'll give you a thousand pounds. That's what his love for the club was. He was willing to do that. But we didn't have enough. Stop administration coming in. Tommy went and bought the building and bought the grounds. And we just went from there and we've just built slowly. But instead of building it uh, on a soft foundation, we've tr we tried to build it on the solid foundation where. Hopefully, we'll never be back to where we were before these times happen. Um, that's enough of me talking. Get Andrew to talk a new talk. I want to talk all the way through. No, I think, I think it's fair. I think the club's going to come back to, hopefully, well, come back to basics. We look at the kind of the senior team. 90% of that, plus more, that is based on boys who played minis and junior rugby. 
um, and they've gone through a lot of pain as well. You know, we've had a lot of hammerings, um, but two or three years ago. Um, so kind of part of education. Um, and they've got turned it around full circle now. They're a bit more mature, um, more experienced, more worldly, and um, but a real good season last year. And the players and the club deserve every success that they get because they've worked really hard and they've gone through gone through a lot, you know, to to get that far. So it's been a tough road, but you know, underneath that, there's some great youth team there, and Bates doing some work there, and great work. And there's a lot of youngsters, juniors, minis. So as Terry said, it's based on a better kind of grounding. I went. I think that's the way it should be. You know, if you win, lose, or draw on a Saturday, you stick by your players. You know, you're going to have a team every week. If you go back to that still there season, I think we haven't played that game or haven't finished that season. We'll be back in Division Six and starting all over again. So it's a testament to all those players and everybody since who put their hands up to play and people that helped us out as well. You know, it was a big thank you to them. Um, you know, it's been a massive job. Um, yeah, so it's, it's you know it's been it's been difficult, it's been hard, a lot of pain. But um, those boys are starting to come through it slowly. And last year we had a good season. We got the quarterfinals, the Welsh Cup, um, and the semi-finals, the silver ball, and we were top of the league. You know, so you know we, the club, I think, and the team, and in a good place. You know, going forward, whatever we'll have to look like in the future. You know, I'm a great advocate for kind of. That's local rugby. Um, it's been great playing next to the Quins again regularly. We never used to play the Quins much when I was younger. Obviously, because they probably poles apart in terms of leagues. But it was great to play regularly, like Sir Tybach, Carmarthen, Pont de Vent, Baglen, all these teams. There's a lot more interest in local rugby, you know, boys would train. It's better for clubhouses, I think. Um, so great, yeah, it'd be great we start back. So every game is looking forward just to celebrating life. Um, seeing each other, playing hard on the field, having a few drinks and socialising after. Definitely. And and before we, we move on, as this, I think a question, we'll say the question to you, we've mentioned already, obviously for Darren, what was he like as a captain and what was he like to play under as a, as a, as a bloke and on and off the field? Where do you start? Where do you start? a massive question. Um, you know, if I'm honest, you know, he's got a kind of aura and, and respect, you know, when those kind of, those people, when you he kind of walks in the room or if you haven't seen him for a while, I remember seeing him um, months you know, before he could have sadly passed away. And you walk in the room, you kind of get all over, you kind of like taken back. That's, that's how I kind of, kind of describe it. Not many people have got that, you know. He was just a, just a leader of men. Um, he was a winner. He never took a backward step. Um, you know, kind of... Never quit, you know, top of the Estrovera game. Those kind of values come from playing with Darren, never give up. Remember going to legs of playing like um, Penn and Greg, um, years ago, just coming out to youth, maybe still in youth at the time, playing with his brother. You know, it would be a tough place to go. We had like eight, eight, nine youth boys playing. Um, bit of a scuffle. You know, Darren's the first and then they're looking after all the, the youth players along with his brother. Um, and a real good one player, best player I, I played with. He should have gone a lot higher, but his love was the club. Um, his passion was the club, and he's still our captain, always be our captain. And you know, he's sadly passed away. And if I'm honest, if he's like a part of me, is kind of passed with him, like in terms of the club, you know. Um, just can't speak highly enough of the man, um, just on and off the field. and 
you know every these kind of presence probably feel exactly the same, you know. Um yeah, what a player, what what one man, most importantly. A funny man as well. Yeah. Yeah, character, yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah. He's yeah. really, really funny. He's yeah. uh, a fair player, he's, uh, I think I think all the boys who knew him. Um, he had some great tributes from around the town. All the boys who knew him uh, will miss him greatly because he was a character. And it was a massive loss, a massive loss to to the stars. He was captain nine times in the stars. And he should have been more. Um, yeah, he was more than that. Yeah, uh, should have been nine officially, but it, it was more than that. We know that. Um, yeah. But you know, it's just. His family, we need to look after his family now and it's come at the worst time where we can't do a lot of things. But when this has ended, I'm sure we'll have a few celebrations, a few celebrations for him and whatever we can do, we'll do. So, yeah. Um, I I think it sums up up you as as well um, that I only know three men to have a testimonial done a club and one is Daijo, one is Darren and one is uh, yourself and so... If, if if you put yourself, you're in a high esteem and well thought of down the club as well. I think everyone uh, at the club would we we love taking a mick out of you. It's it's, it's probably our. Well, we saw part of it. I was part of the game, and I'll give it back as well. Yeah, yeah we, we, we do a massive part of life. The club's a massive part of life. So the people, kind of person you become, you know, shaped by you know, the people and the players and the people who've helped and supported you. You're not kind of journey, you know. So. Rugby and sport in general, yeah. it's, it's huge, you know, that kind of shapes you become the person you are. Yeah, Josh, I think it's, it's been nice that people haven't heard our, our two boys droning on for, uh, for a pod, but any questions? Any <laughs> I questions? Think I'll do the feedback, Ford. Yeah, it'd be nice just get two guests on, just let them talk. Um, any questions before we move on, Josh, uh, onto the Panthers? Or? No, I, I you know, just say anything on the back of that, to be honest, about um, how much work goes into running running the clubs, I think, from sort of the stuff we've done or the people we've spoken to, I think if people didn't know it beforehand, I think definitely now after speaking about it, there is a, an enormous amount of work going on you know, behind the scenes of all, all our local clubs, whether it be the rugby clubs, football clubs, you know, cricket clubs, whatever. I think uh, I think there's a lot of good people in in our small town that are doing a lot of good things and I you know, probably think sometimes a lot of people don't get enough credit they deserve uh, for doing it, but I think it just shows the uh, you know the passion that's in this town to to improve all our sports, whether it be you know whatever it is, um, and provide a club not only for us but um, clubs for you know kids growing up or people in the future to enjoy as much as we have both you know on and off the pitch. Yeah, I think every club has got yeah, you know if you look at what's called about cricket, you know, I played there for years. You've got some absolutely amazing people, you know, backbone of Cox. Dave Williams, Dave Red, Jonah, you know, you should go on the list is is massive. You now Zook, but you know they went through a lot, a lot of pain, tough times. I played at the old man's cell, you know, broken glass everywhere, you know, smelling urine, you know, set of change rooms, you know what I mean? They've worked really hard to get to where they are. They deserve every success, and to see the children and people playing now, and it's largely mostly you know boys from Batal, but local people playing like yourself, Josh, and Ford, and everybody else. You know, you deserve all the success. You know, it's great to see what kind of project has grown and developed. You know, it's you know, it's great. That's what it's all about. 
I think well, talk, we, I think talking to projects, it, it probably takes us on perfectly to our next topic, Fud. Yeah. Um, this is obviously you both on for for the your connection with the stars, but more more recently your connection with um, the Patolba Panthers. Um, for, for people who don't know, what 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 can you describe what the Patolba Panthers is? Patolba Panthers is a mixed ability rugby team. Uh, obviously based in kind of Patolba. Um, it's about inclusion. Uh, participation, enjoyment, fun. Rugby is probably a small part of it. You know, it's, it's obviously connected to it. It's like every other rugby team, train and play. Uh, but it consists of people, um, players, men, women, boys and girls attached to the club, volunteers, has various different kind of abilities. You know, we've got people are suffering from various mental health issues. Uh, people, we've got play visually impaired, um, cerebral palsy, um, you know, just just up different ages. We've got players who pass retired, uh, want to come back into rugby. Like I said, rugby is a small part. We've got like um, a lot of volunteers as well, men and women. People just want to run the line, just do the IT, just be part of a wider rugby family in a circle, really. Um, and a chance to just enjoy, get some friendships. Um, so and it's been, you know, it's only it's been going for a year. Um, yeah, it's grown and grown in a real short space of time, and when I kind of kind of set this up, you know, people reported had some real important people behind the scenes, um, and I kind of spoke to your, your dad. I spoke to Alexis to applaud as well. who's been excellent and done a great job for the for the Panthers as well. Um, Trying to take it forward, you know, and be a good personality, and it would be great all around. So they've done a fantastic job, really. So. Terry, you know, is just um, a no-brainer, really, in terms of his kind of way he manages people, coaches, his personality. You know, he's, he's been great from the onset, long, like I said, Alexis Stewart, um, and everybody else is too. So many names to mention. Um, and we've had a great reception from the local community. Just a big thank you to all the local rugby clubs, all the, all the sponsors. There's too many to mention, so I don't want to leave anybody out. Everybody's really got on board with this. Um in terms of, you know, it could have been based on the stars initially. That's the idea can, but it's it's bigger than that. The green stars. This is something for the community and you know, hopefully a legacy just to leave for people and want to take it out to every rugby club, every part of the community. Um, kind of going forward, I, I don't think we kind of scratch the surface. There's so many other people out there who could be involved, perhaps socially isolated, want to get involved in a kind of wider family. You know, just get on board and drop us a message and. Um, part of it you know yeah and and that's for for anyone can answer this what was there any obstacles in the way to creating it or is there any obstacles in in the um in the progression of it or anything is it, is it have to overcome do we do answer that uh, yeah you answer that Tom. um funding always kind of an issue right i don't like using money as a kind of excuse it's all about money you know it's, it's just about People enjoying having fun and being inclusive. Just, just for example, it's just it's not many mixabilities rugby teams. It's Swanwick, Swansea, Clatley, Newport, Cardiff, which is a, is a lot in South Wales and created double value and a lot of real good work and Ospreys in the community. Um, but it's very, just for lockdown, we're hoping to play against Pembroke away um, and to go there to hang a bus, for example, would cost £400. And that's a kind of 
a lot, lot of money, you know, which we don't get kind of that kind of funding for it. We would have got there, hook by crook. But I suppose a lot of the bars would be a lot past other players, past on drive. You know, the transport is can be a bit of an issue. But whatever bar is going to put in place, you now we'll try and you know, knock the door down and um, try and overcome it, you know. Um, and it's, it's grown to the short space of time. We've got a big squad and we'll ensure everybody will play. There'll be enough games. we play played the likes of Ponte de Ben, Betkins, Tom Mowell, Abraham Quinns. And every club locally has let us play there and train there as well. And just, just can't thank everybody enough. Um, so, so you know, those are some of the kind of barriers. We've had great support from likes of Richard Bud, Sean Hawley, you know, Richard Diplock, you know, Abraham, you know, the Ospreys. Everybody's really got on board with this. Um and I suppose one of the obstacles is going to be is to try and keep the momentum going, starting back after lockdown, um, and giving up, making sure all these kind of players have opportunities to play and participate regularly. Because a lot of these boys, like anybody else, they want to train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They want to play Saturday, Sunday every week. So um, it's managing that, I suppose, and also having enough volunteers on board. To help and support because it's kind of put a bit of strain on you know, your personal life and you know got work and everything else. But we have got a great backbone and um, we've created like a friends of all Panthers kind of WhatsApp group and we've got men and women in there, same as a normal group. So it's really diverse. You know, Talbot Reds have been great. We've trained with them on a number of occasions and they, they come and talk with us. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's all all positive, Ford. All positive. Yeah, the, the, the Panthers are. It's, what we're going to say, a lot of these boys and girls have never been in a team environment, you know, um, and what that gives them is something different to what they used to. And what I've noticed over the last year, and I haven't been at half as much as Andrew, because I'm a shift worker, is that they thrive in it, they improve in it. Yeah, we, we do get issues, um, but we get issues in in every other rugby club, they know different to anybody. And the way we coach them, we coach them like every other other rugby club. Um, and I got to mention, I can't go without mentioning the other coach with me, and that's Lee Alford, who's going through a bit of a tough time himself at the moment. Um, and you know, he's good as gold. He's absolutely good as gold. But he's never been shy in coming out, as everybody knows. We just walk through the town centre. If you don't know him, by the time you come out of the town centre, you will know him. But as has given him something different and something uh, to focus on. I don't know how many times he phones you a week, Andrew, but he tells me, <laughs> he tells me that Andrew's been up today, Sunday dinner. And it might turn next week. Did he pay for it last Sunday? Because he told no. me he's going to pay for the dinner. <laughs> no, he always said, I'll pay back to tomorrow, as we said. Yeah, it was the same thing when I bought him a book. Ford will tell him, Moen Ali. I was in the bath in the lockdown, right? My phone, I used to the music in the bath. My phone goes, it's Lee. Thank God this time I didn't put him on FaceTime. I spoke to him. I said, all right, Lee. He said, uh, I've got something to tell you, he said. I said, what's the matter? About the cricket club. I said, what about the cricket club? Put all my cricket club now. Well, he said, I spoke to Barney, he said. And I asked him for a T-shirt. Oh, yeah. And he gave it to me, he said. I said, oh, that's very kind of him. Yeah, he said. But I asked him to put my name on the back. And he done that as well. 
I said, oh, that's, and I knew about it before he already told me. I said, oh, that's brilliant of her. And he didn't charge me a penny. I said, oh, that's really good. He said, I got something else to tell you. Have you got an eBay account? I said, well, if I have, I, I can't use mine, but I know Ford have, or I know uh, Alison have. I said, why is that? I'm looking for a book, because he reads a lot of um, autobiographies. I said, what's that? Mowing Ali. I said, I'll ask Ford to have a look for it. Can I tell you something else? I said, what's that? It's my birthday tomorrow, he said. <laughs> so I ended, I ended up with a, with a training, a training down the stars uh, when, when they all come back. 11 o'clock, Alison had to go over to Swansea outside Waterstones, which didn't open till 11, rush back and give him the book, right? Missed him because he got picked up. Took the book up his house. Give him the book. I don't care about the money. Give him the book. I said, yeah, have it. Right. So last week on a call, Ford was, I think, was on the one he was on with me. Yeah. Then I, I finished the Moen Ali book, he said. I owe him money for that. How much is it? I said, just have it for your birthday, Lee. Just have it. But he's the same with everybody on, didn't he? <laughs> I know. But he is, he's brilliant. As they all are, they're all brilliant. Yeah. They all, we all got our own characters, and they are no different to anybody else. And uh, it's rugby for everybody, and that's what everybody. And it's really does. enjoyable, you know. It's you know, it's, it's just really enjoyable. You get a lot from it, and you see the smiles, people's faces, and it's kind of life changing for many of them, you know. And that's the kind of buzz, you know, get get from it. They don't they don't play. I just get a buzz from just watching yeah. working with that's- buzz for people, you know. That's 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 what's all about for myself and. I was hoping to grow and, and you know and just go on to bigger and better things. I'm sure they will, you know. And um, hopefully, they'll be more mixed up with these teams. You know, hopefully, Neath will have one. You know, for Jen, to my stake. I'm sure there's loads of people out there who could be perhaps getting involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, boys, girls, men, and women. Um, I'm just being part of a kind of wider family. Except rugby is a is part of it. There's a lot more than and then rugby. You know, we went to talk to Worcester. Uh, there was a last game back in February time, and um, for some of these boys, he'd never been able to tell that, you know. You know, going on the pub, a bit of pub crawl, a few beers, a bit of dance, you know, a bit of fun. Um, you know, it was just amazing to see the difference it's made to, the, to their lives and talking about the next tour and where we're going away next. That's, you know, that, that's what it's all about. That's, that's the kind of buzz I get, get from it, I think, and a lot of people do as well. We've got a, we got a guy with us who was quite a talented rugby player until he was uh, 15 or 16 and he had an accident and, and lost most of his sight, if not all of his sight. But what this have done is given him an opportunity to play rugby again and he's actually playing hooker and he throws a ball into the line-out as normal as anybody else. But what what is given back to him is a bit more independence uh, and I'm sure he would. The story been over the news and the papers, so I'm sure he would mind me relaying his story. Um, and that's just one example of many, many more. Uh, but they are. We treat them. I treat them as if I'm coaching a first team down the stars. If we do something wrong and mess about, they have it. They have it, and they all laugh at me, but they still have it. But that brings the characters out as well. Um, we went up to Aberavon ground. Who do we play with? Tough talk, Anders. Tough talk, yeah. And they were landing. Aberavon is a pinnacle of rugby in Port Albert, and, and it was a great achievement by Andy to get us up there. 
the excitement. They were, they were just so excited, all of them. And that's, you know, everybody in the squad, uh, they were so excited that I had to call him in, take him in the change room, and with tongue in cheek, I give him all the ball. Andrew was in it, I think I give him all the ball again. I told him, we've got to respect this ground. But they were totally, when they went out to play rugby, they played rugby. Yeah, there was no messing about. They went out to play rugby, and that's what they did. And I was amazing day. I was when I've had some great moments coaching, um, juniors, minis, youth, seniors. But that was one of the finest days when they ran out onto Aberavon and they played on there against a tough talk. We were a tough team as well. And the Panthers give more, if not more, than what they got as well. They just were stuck into them and they played the game as rugby should be played. It was great, and great. And what what Andrew was doing, he's a driving force behind it all. It's not only it's not only Panthers rugby drives. It's local communities and what he does for the local community. And he don't get recognised as, as much as he should. And he, I know we don't want it because he's a bit of a shy person. And he has three or four WKDs, <laughs> but he should. And he should be he should be the one taking all credit for what is happening with the Panthers and what's happening around here. I think, I think well, for us, Ford, I think, you know, there's, uh, we've seen, you know, someone who's benefited from the Panthers over the last uh, year or so with, you know, anyone, ah, yeah. you know, yeah. anyone down in club who, who, uh, who watches Matalba watches Abraham and Quinns on a Saturday, uh, Nathan Watkins, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know he's there rain or shine and, uh, to be honest, I think he's probably turned into our biggest critic on a Saturday playing cricket. Yeah, I'm rugby. Our biggest critic playing rugby as well. I was facing a sack if it was up to Nathan uh, down at Queen's. I tell you what, right? If you if you, if you didn't get any runs or you bowled badly than a cricket club, if you thought going, if you thought seeing the old ledge was bad enough, having Nathan sat on the bench waiting for you as you come back from back in to ask you what happened there. But I think he, you know, he joined the he joined the club years ago before didn't he came and yeah. I think since getting involved with the Panthers and. And you were saying, Ted, there, you know, their character comes out and, and stuff like that. But I think over the last year or so, especially as an Ethan, you can definitely see his characters come out and he's benefiting from projects like that. I think, you know, I think we've spoken on you about projects and about, you know, even if it helps one person or something, it's always well worth doing. And I think. Yeah, I, I spoke to Mark as well, Mark Cox, doing lockdown just before we were hoping to set them um, some sort of partnership work with Todd Cricket. No, like yeah. some of them leave not their cricket. Yeah. The past maybe could talk about cricket and, and do some work in there and explore other opportunities and pass a barbecue and have some fun, play some cricket, try something different. It's about trying different things, you know, and meeting new yeah. people and doing things we haven't done before. So looking to go and broaden what we can do in the future. It's not rugby's a small part. It's about getting out in the community, working in partnership. And we're hoping to do other things for the for charity work as well ourselves, you know, for other people in the, in the local community. That's how kind of kind of aims. We've donated some money to local charities along the way, haven't we? Yeah, we've done like a food bank um, for yeah. Dewis. Yeah, um, yeah, we have. We've done some cancer search as well for. Yeah, we've done a, done a bit in fairness. We're hoping to do more in the future. There's always more we can do. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll definitely be a part of the pod when we will we'll promote that and help in any way. Um obviously I know I I watched a couple of games. I've played in a couple of the Panthers games as well when I've been dragged on a Sunday Sunday afternoon after a game <laughs> and, and once you get into it and you're uh, you're flat out back into full eighty minutes like you were the day before. But yeah, we we certainly help out me and Josh will. Um even oh, it might oh, be nice yeah. to get uh, Josh in a Panthers kit, actually, and getting back. Oh, yeah, that'd be a challenge. 
Yeah, yeah I was about to say that. Is it one big enough for? There's a kit for everyone. You don't want a kit. Well, we are planning on taking them up to Millfield mm. when when things get back to normal. And um, hopefully we can play a game up there, um, either against Millfield or against a local club in the area. But um, I get tortured. I mentioned it. And I get tortured every week about when we go up, when we go up, when we go up. So that's, that's that's another plan we got. So that'll be a good deal. That's just me asking him when we're going up, but when lockdown finishes, <laughs> I can go back to work. <laughs> so yeah, it's good. It's good. But that's yeah. uh, we we think you know. So what's the what's the aims now? Um, going after obviously when lockdown eventually finishes, what's the aims in the? Progression for you. I know you've discussed about different partnerships. Is there, is there any any goals that you and would like to get to in the next year? Or um, kind of myself, we've had we've been fortunate to have um, some funding from the national lottery um, over lockdown. So I've kind of linked in with uh, the Ospreys as well. I know we do have a kind of tackle project. So I've been to kind of do some project work in the future. Uh, plus, I'm with the School of Adnox in some degree. Plus, maybe focus on doing COVID. A lot of people said, no, stuck in the house. Just kind of open about trying to improve their kind of well being and mental health. You know, still rugby and through sport. Um, and say, for example, maybe three days a week, perhaps over a month, kind of structure, kind of timetable. Um, when they do some work for their well being, perhaps some life skills, uh, look for employment and volunteering is kind of um, signpost at the end. Um, and through rugby as well, and healthy living, and perhaps cooking, and different things, you know, so that's something we're kind of looking at, and that's not just for Panthers, that'll be for anybody in the community to get involved with, um, so that's, that's one of the kind of projects, plus looking at to maybe do some work with children and young people as well, but um, linking with the CVS, um, that's a bit difficult at the moment in terms of facilities, but looking to perhaps do something for more children and young people of various disabilities as well. Um, through the Panthers um, and I was just trying to get everybody back involved you know it'd be great to see everybody again um, and look into recruit more, get more people involved more volunteers more people want to play uh, men and women in a variety of different kind of roles um, and look to perhaps have a tour something to aim for in the future you know always conscious of looking back looking forward rather than looking back you know I kind of see it as another day in lockdown as a Another day we're closer to starting back. So it's about kind of changing the mindsets of people and um, being positive. You know, it's had some challenges over lockdown, which we all had uh, to some degree. Um, so, yeah, I was looking at starting back, keeping everything positive. Like I said, we've got some great people behind the scenes doing some tremendous work. And um, if anybody else does want to get involved or have any ideas, perhaps, because it's, it's a team for everyone. So... If it's people not involved, the Panthers got some ideas and want to get involved, or we can link in with yourselves. You know, just just please let us know. We'd be, we'd be grateful and glad to get involved and do different things. You know, it's, we could do, for example, like a, a darts team involved, some darts team, plus a pool team. You know, it's you know, football, yeah. cricket. You know, we just go on like a quiz, but into a few quizzes. You know, just going to be a small part of it, and it's, it's open to everybody to get involved, and it's something from the total bit, and. Um, wider community to tap into and get involved with. Yeah, it's um it's been awesome to chat. Uh, Joshua, any any what's your thoughts on, on this discussion so far in the chat? 
Oh, I think when we started this, I think the old point was to talk talk local sport and get some stories out and, and sort of reminisce a bit. I think uh, I think the COVID's probably pushed us in a certain direction rather than sort of being talking about um, sort of live batches and, and, and present issues. I think it's, it's given a, I think it's given us a chance to even delve into the past and and bring up some good stories and get to know characters of of the town and things. Um, and to use you know stuff. Stuff with the project like the Panthers and all the good work that's been done. And to be honest, the thing I'm probably taking from most of the stuff we, most of the podcasts we've done here, is the amount of work people are doing. Um, we have you know, I've already mentioned it, but you know, I think uh, I think the amount of time and effort a lot of people in this town give up to make you know these sort of projects happen, and you know, it's, it, it is amazing. Um, we'll we'll finish off with a couple of questions from the public. Um, it's a, as as don't worry, it's, it's all right, Darius. Yeah, yeah. We'll start <laughs> off. Um, question from Chris Lyshun. Dad, obviously you know Chris well, and obviously he said um, if you're a great coach and even better man, and and uh, you've grown up with you being a role model. Um, what are the, some of your memorable and standout moments while coaching? Uh, growing up and he give us he's given me some starting points um obviously Osprey's Cup finish the finish off our final year together um almost a perfect success journey having reached semi-finals and um losing to Porth Call the year before um our first tour abroad the Benadorm and Jack Phillips being on the dance floor or Daniel Oglesby again on stage with a certain famous uh Benadorm legend three minutes before to um earlier being told not to or any younger tours with uh, Kill Park, or is there something like watching the boys go on to achieve bigger, better things? And right. Uh, first of all, um, winning the Ospreys Cup after all the hard work the boys had done under 16s played really well, and they won the cup. But that was the most difficult game for me that I had to pick a side, and it, it was really difficult. You had to leave people out. And I, and normally on this on a Sunday morning, you could pick a squad of 40 and just put them on, but you couldn't in that game. And that was really difficult. But the boys went on and they went up. Um, as far as memorable things, I remember Chris Lyshon. I remember we went up the bottom line. I think it was a semi-final of the Ospreys Cup. It was under 12s or under 13s. Reagan Grace was playing. And Chris gave me his glasses tonight. Now, it was a bit of a dodgy sort of the guy, the referee didn't turn up, the guy offered a ref who was supposedly the coordinator for the tournament and he, 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 we, we agreed rather than us go home and come back, we agreed but it didn't go that way and bottom line got a good sign and, but during the game this bloke dressed in a WIU all the gear up and down the touchline starts abusing the kids uh, kick, fuck, blah, blah, blah. So I said to him, oh, well, shut up now. But he kept on and on. So in the end, he, he swung for me. So I smacked him back, didn't I? As you do. The blow I Anyway, the referee seen what he had done. And in fairness to the referee, I snagged him off the referee game. He had seen what he had done. So we sent this bloke up. We eventually lost the game where Chris Lation came to get his glasses off me. But I'd lost his glasses and I in the fight. And I never ever found him to this day. So he had to go all 
you'll go ahead on a Monday morning, go to Specsavers or wherever and get new glasses. But, but what, what you had, he had to go to Australia because he punched the post and broke he his knuckle as well. He was in Australia blind as well. Yeah, with a never a try in a million years. I slag referees off to the air, but it was never a try in a million years. But uh, no, and then taking him to Benadon at about Oglesby. Before I went, most of the mothers told me, do not take him to see Sticky Vicky. That's fine, that's what they want. But it was 38 of us, 25 children, 13 fathers. So on the, we played the game and great. We done really well in the game. We had two great nights before that. It was fantastic. Um, and then the Sunday evening, boy said, we want to go and see Sticky Vicky. I said, I'm not taking it. One, I wouldn't go and watch her if it was her at the start. And two, I'd seen her before. And to me, she was terrible. So I said, no, no, I'm not taking it. Well, the parents, the fathers got involved. So they ended up, we went to, to see so-called Sticky Vicky. Well, Sticky Vicky, at this point, must have been about 78. So I said to Martin Evans, I'm not going in, Martin. Martin said to me, I'm not going in either. So before she came out, we went in, we had a couple of, couple of pints. So I warned them all, I don't want to see any of you on that stage. So me and Martin, we goes outside with outside. It wasn't Sticky Vicky. It was Star Show by Vicky. She was about between 30 and 40, whatever she was. So me and Martin standing outside. That's all I could do was, tear, tear, what, Matt? We were like two bouncers looking away from the, what, Matt? Think you better look. I said, look at what? Look at her. Looks in the window now, right? There's Oglesby on the stage. This sticky Vicky, or whatever she was called, had a Budweiser bottle, took the top off by using down below, give it to Oglesby, and there he was, necking the Budweiser and moving the bottle in and out of his mouth. And I'm looking through the window going, Martin, Martin, what's he doing? What's he doing? And he just didn't give her monkeys. But then, warned them all, right, it's done now, can't do nothing. Do not put anything on Facebook. Travels home on a Monday from Birmingham. We're all knackered and flying in Birmingham. It's home. There was a barrage of parents waiting for me. We told her not to take him to see, take him to see, see the kid. I said, I didn't. Yeah, all the photos are on Facebook and everything, weren't they? And I hadn't taken them. Oh, there was not you guys. My parents were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. But uh, they did a couple of the memories, like millions and millions of more. But they were a pleasure to coach in fairness from, from, a, from a very young age. And we had some players who moved on um, to play premiership and what have you. And um, a, a lot of the players have stayed at the Stars and kept uh, being a part of keeping the Stars where they are as well, which is, makes me really, really proud. So, yeah, they, they were good, some good memories. As for Chris. Yeah, that was rough, Chris. As a, this one's through off uh, by none. Oh, yeah. we, we've, already, we've already discussed uh, one. There's a two-part question. This is uh, the first part. By none, it's going to be extreme, kids, eh? yeah. No, it's fine, it's fine. What's the, what's the bare minimum amount of WKDs you buy at one time? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the second part is, ask him about the time he had the bat in no pads down Western Avenue because of a third team crumble. <laughs> I, was a, I was a part of that crumble as well, as I remember well. You played that same game, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Devlin Kiddy. It's just it's just nice. It's nice. There's cheers, sir. No, you're drinking with. There's nice cheers. There's nice tears to it. Yeah, but Terry, the stars don't sell anymore, so we're not sure what's happening there. So we're gonna blame Terry for it. What it is? It's it's a bit stronger than the star of Pramem, so we had to take that off because we just about star of Pramem. Well, I was going to ski, mate. This is where I'm now. But the Arctic yeah. Blue with a shot and vodka on yeah. top. It's, um... Hey, lovely, they were until you stood up. Yeah, nicely. <laughs> yeah. And like, like, like Terry said, I was just going back to the rugby a little bit. It's about great to see some of the players who've gone on the bet themselves. In terms of Reagan Grace and Courtney Davis, went on to play rugby league for Wales and World Cup. See these boys going on, go to other clubs and then come back to their own club. You know, it just makes it makes a big difference, you know, and um, it's really satisfying to see. Um, cricket, yeah, Western Arm, remember that well. It was the last ball in the Indians, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, there's no point for any pads. So I was back in Leiden at the Wacker, and I thought, nah, I'm not going to put any pads on. This must be a nine year old kid bowling me out, I think, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he got me out. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, we had um, Di Sage and Jake Watts opening up, and I was batting free, and Di and Jake got 90 odd each, and we were 190 without <laughs> loss. I came in, scored 12. I was the third day of scorer. We had from 200 for two, <laughs> 220 all out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bruno Yeah, I just love, um, love, love playing cricket with boys. One uh, one memory I've got of you playing cricket as is when we were playing for the first team and all the all the boys had come down. So Skinny was down there, Trotty was down there. They were all down watching you. You went out to bat, so all the boys ran to get a pen and paper to have signs through to open up. <laughs> as they run out, just hold them up. You were walking back in to go to first ball. <laughs> tell you what, cricket's a real hard game. I remember playing cricket right once on a Saturday. Right, it was given out caught behind. I didn't hit there. I played on a Sunday, I was giving up the LBW, and I did it. I like two ducks in two days, I weren't, I weren't even out. Uh, they all say that. They all say that, yeah, I know. Talking of cricket, next question for you, Dad, is off um, Andrew Dacey. Uh, he says, Terry had a flourishing career in cricket and played in the least fittest, least fittest team ever to take the field in any sport. Smudge, Big Al, Ironing Board Back, and myself to name but four. What was his favourite tra- memories of Trevelyan and who was the best keeper he played with? Favourite memories of Trevelyan, I'll tell you all about Trevelyan. We were all getting on a little bit. so the, and I did play a little bit of cricket when I was younger, but not a great deal. So we went to play. Smudge was working with me in, uh, in Tatley, so I was going to have a game of cricket. So I had a game of cricket. We were so poor. When we used to play, we come to the conclusion... Smudge said, we're not going to toss. We're just going to tell the other team to bat. Because if we bat, we would be, the game would be over within half hour. So we went up, uh, we played at Carmarthen in the cup, midweek cup. And um, I was bowling. And it was, it's been bucketing down all day. And the wicket was really, really slow. The uh, Carmarthen batted first. So we went, we thought, ah, no chance. Sorry. Yeah, come out back at first with no chance. Well, I was bowling and the ball was really slow. I got one, one out. I got two out, so I was bowling for an hat trick, right? But the kids, the people who were bowling against, I think they were all under 10. 
Og vi lige lov for at spille af. Åh, oh, godt, det er kart. Det er kart. Det er nogle kattebog. Det er en kattebog, vi har været med. Den så i bålet, hvor han er slow as I can bålet. Det er ikke en smadget surrounded og wicked barrier. Because it was an arctic ball. Yet everybody was around this kelt. I felt really sorry for him. So I bålet as slow as I can. He hit it in an air. One of them caught it in me. I felt awful. How can I bowl an arctic? It feels awful. But the game went on. And it was getting so dark, they had cars around the field with the headlights on. <laughs> so we needed two runs of a last ball. Dynettle was batting. Bowled the ball. Nudged it, no runs. Ah, they'd won. Hold on now. <laughs> the bloke who was scoring from Kamarvan, I can't think of his name, but he was scoring, he went, hold on, I've missed the ball earlier. Because it was getting dark. So... And they would come out and play one. He said, no, and he was a come bloke. I think he was a come bloke. He said, no, no, it's got to be bold. So they, we all went back, all got ready. Well, they got it. I wasn't back there. It was out. Tynet lit the four, right? And we won the cup. Oh, God, alive. There was no murders. I come out, we're all right. But, oh, God, what a night. But the best keeper I played, oh, Andrew, definitely. <laughs> I would always, I would always feel not far away from a wicket. He would go behind him. We used to talk all the way through. Never, <laughs> never, never caught the ball in his life. Oh, it's gone. Oh, it's gone. No, oh, but yeah, great. Travelling cricket was great. Great. As a, um, a question then from from um, a boy you know quite well, Nathan Flynn. Um, oh yeah. He said he, he replied, two fantastic men with one largely largely thing in common. Um, they cannot do enough for people. But he said, my question is, why does Andrew Harris tip his wrists up for team photos? <laughs> yeah, he always brings us up. He, oh, he can't see nothing. He cost the club a fortune and tip. <laughs> That's why he went to the Queens of Baghdad and sell him. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Um... <laughs> It's just my point. He used to play rugby season with tapes, tape on your wrist. It's not easier to play, you know? Yeah. I think we had, we played our, we played our Braven in, um, on the 25 year anniversary, so he was going back to it. And they ended up getting changed. They got kicked on. And I put, and I put tape on my wrist for the team photo. Like a John Terry at Chelsea. And I, I went back in the change rooms, got changed then to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not oh, being a sad Robin. No chance. Yeah, yeah. She, she has. As I, I played in, a, in the youth service society the day before. I couldn't walk, and I had to go on the bed. <laughs> um, uh, Barry Jones dad is asked to. Um, what was your thoughts on rugby when rugby turned professional? Quins, I'm guessing he went. I uh, went into the Heineken leagues. I'm guessing, and he said uh, it was his favourite time playing rugby. And to say hello to you, uh, Barry. Living in Australia now, Barry is lovely, lovely kid. Um, oh, when we knew it was coming, um, it was good side to it, and it was a bad side. What it done with money and when it was up at Quinns, um, there was a little amount of money, but for me, that encouraged local teams, and I'm not saying the Quinns, far, far from it, local teams to pull in people from outside. Um, we've all got affinities with clubs. I have two clubs I ever played for, Nassau Quinns and the Stars, and I got affinity with the both of them. <laughs> um, but when it went professional, it, it, it may have aided the top sides, 
but I don't think it's aided the lower sides as such. As you can see now, more than ever, there are so many rugby clubs going to the wall because of finances. And every, there's not many clubs, I won't say every because I don't know, but there's not many clubs that haven't tried paying players and keeping it. But at lower levels, it's not sustainable. Um, it might be sustainable for a year or two years, and you have to be really successful. Uh, you, you take the lights around every day, they've done really well. They were, you know, I uh, just use them as one. But it puts so much pressure on rugby clubs' finances. It's um, no, I, I did, I enjoyed it when it started. I did play a few games for the Quins uh, in the professional era, not, not many. Um, but for me, I enjoyed it more when it wasn't professional. When you had before the regions come, when you had your rugby clubs like Aberava and Neath, um, my stake teams I got playing, which are just up your road, you can go and watch. I enjoyed it more, and they were more for me more competitive games. I'm not, I have been to watch the Ospreys, the Scarlets, and I got involved loosely with the Ospreys at one point, but um. No, it, it it wasn't for me at the time, but now it's, you've just accepted it. Now it is what it is. It's not going to change. It is what it is. I, I, but I didn't believe it at the time as professional. But Barry, nice to hear from him. He does a marvellous, marvellous impression of Lulu. I'm sure I got the video here one day. If he gives me his, um, his email address or his Facebook account, I'll send it to him. But it's, don't show it to anybody else. So, yeah, hey. lovely kid, Barry. Lovely kid. And I hope he's doing well out in Australia. So, we'll uh, finish on last one. As uh, Lester wanted to know if um, you started losing your hair when he started when he gave you the highlights. <laughs> I'm just showing up, Barry. Look at my hair now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing out my head for that. Yeah, I blame Lester for everything. He was also part of the famous Star Sunday League football team, wasn't he, as well? He was. Yeah, he was. He was, yeah, he's very up front. And um, I think we won the league, I think second division at the time. And we had like to have a um, Tino no, Darren was playing no, Jason Lowndes no, a lot of characters Tom Carl, so the town playing I think Nigel Todd was manager won the league and I think he pulled the plug because so many fines and I just couldn't, have, <laughs> couldn't afford to pay him so that was the end of one real good year and that was the end of it <laughs> cards everywhere uh, they were good times they were, they were good times yeah, really. Josh, we got any questions for uh, the two guests before we wrap it up? Um, oh, I think I think we can't finish uh, this podcast without asking Ted about uh, his renditions of Bad Bad Leroy Brown. I don't think. Mm, yeah. Oh boy, it's just. Where's that far from, Ted? I got the song. I like, I like all music, all different. But I was listening to um, Frank Sinatra's greatest hits years and years ago, and I just. When you hear him over and over again, he's just come to, he wasn't the original singer of it. But I just started singing that and I sort of stuck around the time I was coaching the stars. And uh, well, that tends to come out every time I've had three or four pints. And it just, 
I say it, I say it every night, and I say to Alison, when we go, I'm not going on stage tonight, I'm not going to go on stage, I'm up there for a while, I don't come out, he's on her own, I'm going, I'm not going out, I'm not going out, I'm going to put three or four pints, and he goes, no song, gone, I'm gone, I just got it. But yes, I have learned some new ones in lockdown, let me tell you now, when I'm going to hit the ground running after all this. Yeah, I'm confident in the cricket club for him. I tell you now. So we, I think, I think first one, I think we'll have to get boss man on the on the case phone. Yeah, yeah, we went back. back now. And you're so good. The in bar the is rocking on the back on a Saturday night. <laughs> you have. The bar is rocking on a Saturday night uh, out the back. So uh... you're out the back, yeah. Get him down. The open air concert. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thank you. Uh, to Andrew and, and to Terry for coming on. It's been a pleasure on a Friday Good. night talking to you. And, Thank you, boys. Nice to see you all. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can have a live one soon uh, and we'll be in a, in a club. So, I mean, hopefully on our one we can get Mr. Alford on as well. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I thank you. Josh, do you want to sign us off? Yeah, so, uh, as you said, but uh, as, uh, thanks for coming on, but good to see you both. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think as alluded to earlier, every 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 day at the moment is just another day ticking off to get back to you know back to normal and back in our clubs and and creating more memories. I think that we've uh, mentioned, but um, you know, I think uh, every, everyone else listening, uh, stay safe, keep on keep on grinding out and uh, and get it through. And hopefully, we'll uh, see you all soon. Yeah, thanks, boys. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Thanks, boys. Nice to see you Good. Mother said he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <thank> you. <laughs> Cheers, lads.